0: Welcome to Turns Out It's Haunted, the podcast covering haunted locations and spooky stories. We're your hosts,
1: Tracy and Laura. Hi, Laura. Hi, Tracy. Hi, scaredy Cat. Welcome back. It is another episode of Turns Out It's Haunted. haunted. And today, haunted. <laughs> today, we are going to do Ireland's most Haunted castle. Island's most haunted castle. Yes. Okay.
0: I like the sound of uh-huh. fact.
1: What's it called?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's called Lep Castle. So it's spelt Leap L-E-A-P, but it's pronounced Lep. Okay. So Lep Castle, like I had so much fun. Researching this and watching videos and um the, all the historical information is so cool. it's like all the going like all the way back to um you know the the vikings and and all wow. that it's just so cool um, so as with everything, I'm going to give a little bit of history um a little bit of a background um as to why it's Ireland's most haunted castle. Um, and then some really cool ghost stories that have come out of the castle as well, and it is just—it's so cool. So, I'm and excited. I, I, I think that you might want to put a nappy on for like oh. the later part,
0: <laughs> and awesome. maybe
1: just get something to cover your eyes. <laughs> it's a full warning. Is that why you've
0: got a bandana on today? <laughs>
1: Uh, No, I've got a bandana on today because I haven't had my hair done in 13 weeks and it's going to be another (laughs) four or five weeks and I look like Morticia. So, you don't anyway. um, Oh, no, I do. Trust me. Uh, And nobody needs to see that. Okay, so even before the first stone was laid of Lept Castle, I feel that so much of its energy um, and its fate and basically what it is today but also what it's been through um, had pretty much been determined by the historical events that occurred at the site before it was built, so on the land. the death had stained the land with two brothers from the O'Bannon clan, deciding who would be the new chieftain of the clan through a display of strength and bravery, which ultimately meant that they decided to jump off the rocky outcrop where the castle was to be built and whoever survived was the chieftain. <laughs> so oh. whoever was the survivor of jumping off this, like, suicide rock cliff thing had won the honour and the right to be chieftain. And it's like okay, wow. a display of strength and bravery, but it sounds a little bit more like stupidity and mm. yeah, <laughs> and craziness. It's, it's just, just like, okay. What if they both died? Did they think of that? It's just like, okay, so if you're so certain that at least one of you is going to die in this situation, did you think about what would happen if you both died? Yeah. Then you fucked. Like your whole clan's fucked. Then what happens?
0: It's amazing. Sounds like they were drunk. I reckon they were drunk.
1: Probably. The O'Bannon clan. Probably. (laughs) Uh, So the castle is built over the crossing of... To ley lines, which when we did the uh Ram In, ancient Ram in. Yes. Um, we we Laura, you taught us about ley lines. I looked at, uh, so, I learned a bit. <laughs> yep. So we know that ley lines are like conduits for spiritual realms, you know, at the at the basis of it, with the energy being manipulated either by positive or negative input. So there are very strong, when there's a crossing of the ley lines, there's a really strong, potent energy for it. It be a little bit like Malachite, essentially the crystal. So it's like if you are a negative energy, then it will promote that and exploit that and extort that. But if you're a positive energy, then it will also do that too. Oh, so, okay. And it's believed that this particular crossing, uh, the Druids used it as a Druidic initiation site. Um, And this dates back all the way to 100 BC. Wow. Crazy. So um, I can just see these Druids kind of, like I could just see it in my mind's eye, the Druids creating all of the, or partaking in all of these rituals and that land just absorbing. And like, I can only imagine the, the land It's crazy. So, the O'Carroll clan, a notoriously violent and brutal clan, were believed to have built the castle in the late 1400s under the chieftain John O'Carroll, who eventually died in the castle of the plague. His son, Mulroney, and there's so many names in this that you're going to giggle because I'm going to attempt to say them. <laughs> um His son Mulroney became the chieftain and he died in 1532 after 42 years of leadership. His son, Fiegenheim, ruled next, (laughs) reportedly murdering a guest at the dinner table in the castle, which later on I found out that um, he poisoned like these guests that came to dinner and that were like a Supposedly friendly clan to them, um, yeah. but they, the, these guys, the O'Carrolls, were not very nice people. It sounds very so Game of Thrones, which I know you haven't watched. Oh yeah, and
0: I would just love no, you to. Haven't. You would love it. Well, oh, this made me want to watch it. Mm, okay, totally um, inspired by this. Now these... I have
1: time. Yeah, yeah. There's no excuse now. <laughs> so, Beagan was yes. murdered in 1541. And his sons, T or Tig, William, (laughs) Malruan. It's so hard because, yeah. Oh, M A O L R U A N U I D H. I got nothing. You need a decent accent
0: and, and, yeah, an ancient language to really pronounce that.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And um, his other son. um, Tom. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It starts with you and ends in E. Went into battle to determine the right chieftain of the O'Carroll clan. True to the hostile and opportunistic nature of the clan, their lust for power once again saw witness to two brothers willing to kill each other for the power. And this is something that we actually see throughout where, um, family turn on family and there seems to be uh, a very opportunistic energy in this castle of um, it doesn't matter who I hurt or like there, there is, it's like a, a true narcissist. It's like the, the castle of narcissism. So mm-hmm. it's believed that one of the brothers was a priest and was conducting a service for the family in the chapel when T or Tig barged in, murdering his brother, by skewering him with his sword, and his brother died on the chapel floor in front of his family. And the chapel since then has been known as the Bloody Chapel, so it's still referred to as the Bloody Chapel. Many more vicious and deadly slayings occurred during O'Carroll's time at Leff Castle, and it's believed many of those who died at the hands of an O'Carroll family or or family or not still roam the halls. In the Bloody Chapel, there is a narrow door in the northeastern corner which takes you into the oubliette. Do you know what an oubliette is? <laughs> it sounds like the name of a lolly to me. <laughs> it does. I love saying it. When I saw that word, I was like, ooh, that's going to be my new favourite word. Like I'm just intrigued. Say, Tell oubliette. me Yeah. Okay, here we go. So I, I found out what an oubliette is. An oubliette is a tiny chamber it's name derived from the French word meaning what do you think what do you think it means in French
0: It's a tiny room I I don't know mm-hmm.
1: put a on tiny the chamber.
0: spot
1: What's the chamber for? Why would you call it an, what 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 would be the purpose of an oubliette? Doing a shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what I would use That's a tiny toilet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um I don't know. Just tell me. Okay. (laughs) Oubliette derives from the French word meaning to forget. To forget. It was here that living prisoners were tossed into the tiny chamber to die while the dead were also dumped and left to rot. In the late 19th century, Three entire cartloads of bones were unearthed and removed from the cursed chamber of the Forgotten.
0: It must be a big chamber. When you say the word chamber, uh, I picture something
1: little. It is well. It's like a um. It's a big like of, of it, which I'll put I'll put on Instagram. Yeah, it's kind of like the um the cupboard of need. It's that kind of a space. Like it's um, yeah. which for those of you who don't know, the cupboard of need is a space in Laura's new house. <laughs> That, with no um, dead people in it. <laughs> with no dead people in it. And no shit. It's not an Oubliette. But even though it I, I am now going to call it the Oubliette, but Oh my God. <laughs> um it's the like I'll show photos of it on, on the Instagram, but, but the the doorway to it is like a it you know the um you know the dumb waiters that you can get in yeah. houses? Yeah. It's kinda like the same size as as that and it's like halfway Tiny. up the wall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's like halfway up the wall, so it's, it's like a hole in the wall. Wow. And it that it, it's um it's up high, so it's like on a, a higher level of the castle, not on the ground floor. And so when you drop into it, it goes all the way down to the bottom. Oh, so it's like okay. a it's, it's like got a like conister. a drop pit. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they actually brought out like when they when they cleaned out the Oubliette, there were three entire cartloads of bones. Um, wow. and, and that's where I guess to forget comes from. These people went there and they just forgot about them. That um, would vis- so bad. Oh, can you imagine? And there were like visible signs of people being in there alive. Um, and they can't get out. It's like a well, you can't yeah. get out. Um, but there were signs that. were like scratches that there was down the wall been, and stuff. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And carvings and things. Um. So through Lovely. marriage and a and a really fucking long story that like is just Game of Thrones probably season three, <laughs> Lepp came into ownership of Jonathan and Mildred Darby in one thousand, eight hundred and seventy-two. Mildred, who went on to become a to become a writer of gothic novels, Ooh. appeared to have an interest in the paranormal and the, yukult. <laughs> yukult. <laughs> the occult. Occult, occult, occult. you. Tommy. she reportedly. She reportedly hosted seances in the castle and the resident ghosts were now exposed to the public. Mildred told of noises like furniture being moved were frequently heard at night and strangers staying staying with us have often asked why the servants turned out the rooms underneath them at such an unusual hour. The front doorbell rang sometimes and I have gone down but found no one. Damn it. I wanted to try and read those ones in an Irish accent and I totally forgot that that's what I wanted
0: to do <laughs>
1: <laughs> What a shame <laughs> <laughs> would have been fun but anyway yeah. With the Dalbys being an English family, though, Lepp Castle eventually became a target for the IRA during Ireland's fight for independence. And on Sunday, July 30th, 1922, 11 raiders set fire to Lep, destroying the entire North Wing. The caretaker Richard and his wife and newborn baby were the only ones at home at the castle that night. So on Monday, he salvaged what furniture and valuables he could and stored them in the art offices, that night, Monday the thirty first of july nineteen twenty two, which is today. <gasps> yeah. That's today ninety-nine years ago. Whoa. Wow. The raiders That's returned cool. looting the uh, looting the out offices of its valuables and setting fire to the south wing of Lep, completely destroying the remainder of its treasures. Ultimately, Jonathan and Mildred fled, leaving Lep deserted. It lay silent in complete ruin until the early 1970s when Peter Bartlett, an ancestor of the O'Bannon clan, which are the, the clans from the very beginning who, where they jumped off the, the cliff, yes. um, but not before mentioning to, oh, sorry, unfortunately after only two years of restoring let Peter passed away, but not before mentioning to friends the incredible amount of poltergeist activity he had witnessed. Sean Ryan and his family became the new owners of Lep Castle and are the current owner-occupiers. Sean and his young family are attempting to restore Lep to its original glory, glory, slowly but surely. And certainly after first needing to make friends with the castle's inhabitants before being allowed to continue. Almost immediately, and I watched um, Sean, I watched a documentary where they interview Sean and his wife on what happened when they first moved in. And almost immediately the resident spirits let Sean know of their lust for power with the ladder that he was working on was pushed away from the wall and it (laughs) caused Sean to need to jump several stories down and he ended up fracturing his knee and delaying work for almost a year. It was pulled down again when the week Sean resumed restoration a year later, another run-in with a poltergeist caused him to break his ankle. Oh, my God. And so during these periods of tools down, the Ryans became all too acquainted with their castle mates. Sean reports hearing a disembodied voice call his name often and chanting can be heard most nights outside the castle. And he describes that like monks are chanting, which we we kind of would consider that could be the Druids. It wouldn't be monks, but it could definitely be the Druids.
0: Tell me more about, real quick, about Druids. So were they like sort mm of... um, like magical sort of pagany people,
1: yeah, they were. So okay. they they um, they did a lot of like what what we would think of as sorcery,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but they were very brutal. So oh. they were um, they were not soft, gentle, kind pagans. Uh, they they're known to be quite extreme. Okay. Um And, if you know, when um if you listen to, for our listeners, if you've listened to Turns Out She's a Witch and Shan was telling us about the Daughters of the Flame. Yeah. And the, the nuns and the, the, the women who would protect the flame and that they would curse the man's penis to wither if they came <laughs> in with the flame. That's the only yes. thing I really remember. But anyway. The um, priestess, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So the Druids are like the male version of that. Oh, they were all men. Um, for, yes. Okay. So um yeah, pretty we probably do an episode on druids actually, because um it's very fascinating and interesting. Cool. All right. Yeah. Continue. So I just had to ask. <laughs> okay. So this is these are the, the spirits that the Ryans have needed to um to learn to live with, I guess, in the castle. And there's lots of information, and this is where it gets kind of cool. So there's a the spirit of Captain Darby, who is Jonathan, so the, the Jonathan and Mildred. Yes. bought it in 1922. Um, captain Darby is Jonathan's ancestor, and he reportedly roams the grounds looking for the treasure he buried because it's believed that the captain was, who lived there uh, at one time was extremely wealthy and that he hid his treasures in the castle and on the castle grounds. He was arrested eventually for treason in Dublin and during his incarceration was driven insane. And when he was pardoned and freed, he returned to let, to retrieve his treasures. But because he got gone insane, he couldn't remember where he buried them. And so he eventually died and it's believed that he roams the castle and its grounds looking for his lost treasure that he can't remember where he left it. So I kind of feel like... Um, in harry potter where there's like headless um is a headless nick the uh it's been so long i can't remember i only watched it the other day i'm sure it's headless nick anyway um it's kind of like i would imagine that it would just be this like spirit just going around just going scratching the top of his head just like yeah, I it. I leave it you know like oh i've got it it's In here, like I kind of feel like Captain Darby would be like quite a comical character of a ghost. I'm probably completely wrong, but that's how I like to think of Captain Darby so that I don't get scared. But this also,
0: that little story that you just said has reminded me of an episode of I'm sure it was Mysterious Universe, and there was an American that was um, a history buff and he created a treasure chest and he got lots of different artifacts, ancient artifacts, and he made a treasure chest and buried it um, somewhere near Colorado or something and it was called the LEP treasure chest. And it ended up being, it started this um, phenomenon where his original plan was to make a, um, like, questions, like almost a riddle and he was going to go out, he, he got diagnosed with something terminal, he was going to go out into the woods, dig it, and die essentially, and then, um, but he would leave all these clues and have all these people follow the clues. And one day, years from whenever that was, find it. But it was called the Lep Treasure Chest, it has been found. Wow. this happened I in the 2000s, if- but he must have been inspired
1: by that story. I'd say, yeah. I wonder, pretty cool. I wonder if he had like a the same name or something or some kind of connection. Yeah, I
0: think being a history buff, he would have known. Mm. He would have known that Mm. for sure. That can't be a coincidence. He could
1: have been Irish.
0: Could have been. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember the whole story, but it was intriguing.
1: Anyway, sorry for interrupting. (laughs) That's okay. Um, So the Bloody Chapel is the most active area in the castle. The slain priest has been seen lurking in the shadows and can often be spotted on the stairway below. He has been seen leaving the chapel via the western door and down the northern stairs. People report the smell of rubber in the chapel and since as early as the Derby's time in 1922, a bright light shining from the upper windows is still a regular phenomenon. When the oubliette was discovered and cleared, many spirits were awoken and one man who Sean believes lives in the oubliette was occasionally, would occasionally leave through the chapel and wander down to the lower levels of the castle. In recounts from the Darby's time at Lepp, there is a reference to the murder hole room and no such room has ever been located though it is thought that they could have been referring to the oubliette. Surely. Mildred, yeah. Mildred Darby retold her experience in the murder hole room in her article for Kil- in her article called Kilman Castle the House of Horror. So what I've done is a lot of um, quotes from Mildred and like excerpts of her diary and her um, books that she's written. Um, so this is a, a direct quote from, from the Tillman Castle article, The House of Horror. And I'm not going to do it in Irish accent because I suddenly got chicken shit. So <laughs> I put my hand. <laughs> That's not like you at all. <laughs> my whole tummy just fell out of my butt. Okay. <laughs> I put my hand out of my bed, snapping my fingers to call her Nell. A terrier. So it must have been her dog. My hand was suddenly in the grasp of another hand, a soft, cool hand at a temperature perceptibly below my own flesh. To say I was astonished would be mildly would but mildly convey my feelings. After a few seconds of steady pressure, the other hand let go, and almost simultaneously I heard a heavy sliding fall like the collapse of a large body at the foot of the bed. Then in the absolute stillness of the room, there sounded a deep human groan and some half-articulated words, or to be accurate, prayers. People have complained before, in fact. We don't generally put anyone there now. The room is called the muckle or murder hole room, and the story goes that the stain on the floor is the blood of a man stabbed there by his brother. Two O'Carrolls quarrelled over the ownership of the castle. The room had been disguised for 50 years, sorry, disused for 50 years or more when we did it up. The stain had been planned, planed off the board several times, but it always comes back again. It creeps up from below in a few hours. So that was a direct excerpt from Mildred's recount and she. she a lot, which you're about to hear more about as well. She's very um, very descriptive. She just, you know, you can tell she likes to write with yeah. ending up becoming a, a writer of Gothic novels and things. So in the priest's house, which lies derelict and in ruin since the burning in 1922, um, it's home to a many dark shadow passing through its stone walls, and Mildred Darby describes the following apparitions from her time there. There is something heavy that lies on people's beds and snores, and they feel the weight of a great body pressing against them in a room in the priest's house. A burly man in rough clothes, like a peasant, he always pushes a heavy barrel up the back stairs of the wing near the servants' bedrooms. And when just at the top, the barrel rolls down and all disappears. A monk with a tonsure tonsure, and towel walks in at one window and out another in the priest's house. So, um I'm going to put lots of photos up on Instagram as well so everyone can have some reference to um, what these buildings looks like look like but the priest house is like so the castle was rebuilt and restored um after the the, the fires the burning which it's called the burning in in history right. um but um it's it still laid quite derelict in terms of no one really looking after it inside. Whereas the priest's house, um, once it, after the burning, it was never rebuilt. So it's like, um, it just looks like ruins. Yeah. Um, You can sort of see the frame and some walls, but it has no roof. and it's got like plants and, and it's overgrown and. Yeah. Like ruins. So one of the spirits encountered also from the time of the Derbies is known as the Red Lady. She has been described as a very tall woman clothed in a red dress she has been seen carrying a dagger in her hand, raised in a menacing manner. Nope. <laughs> <I'm> like, nope. <laughs> um, a strange luminescence is seen radiating within her, and people encountering this spirit have commented on an immense cold feeling in the room and permeating into their heart. It is thought that the woman was captured by an O'Carroll and subsequently raped. The baby born as a result was then killed by the O'Carroll, reasoning that they could not afford to feed the child. Distraught the woman then killed herself with the same blade. I'm not sure where they where they assumed that from. There must have been some sort of report. Um, mm. because it's kind of said like it was um a fact. Um, but I don't know where I couldn't find where I like there was nowhere else that. Sort of talked about that. Oh, okay, it's interesting. Um, yeah, a guest of the Derby submitted their account to the Occult Review. On the 31st of October, I went to my bedroom at about 11 p.m. During the night, the time was 12:45 a.m., as I subsequently saw by my watch. I felt that I was awakened by somebody in my room. It was pitch dark, and at first, I could see nothing. I was wide awake with an extraordinary cold feeling at my heart that rapidly increased in intensity. Almost immediately, I felt, as much as I saw, that there was a tall figure in the middle of the room. My first impression was that O'Connell himself was there, as no other member of the household would correspond to the height. What is it? I asked. There was no answer. But now I could see. Dimly at first and with increasing distinctness, that the tall figure was clothed from head to foot in red and with its right hand raised menacingly in the air. To my utter astonishment, I could see that the light which illuminated the figure was from within, having very much the effect of the dark lantern used in a photographer's room. As the figure advanced towards me, the light increased, and I could see distinctly that the form was that of a very tall woman holding some sort of weapon knife or dagger in her hand. What is it? I asked again, adding, who is it? And then hurriedly struck a match and lit my candle. As the flame of the match and candle illuminated the room, I looked all around. The room was empty. Note that the name O'Connell was used by the author of the letter, obviously to preserve the an- anomin- Anonymous. word <laughs> Anonymity? Yep. That's it, of the castle with Mildred Darby's wishes. Mildred Darby makes mention of this spirit in her article, Kilman Castle, The House of Horror. There is a tall, dark woman in the historic scarlet silk dress that rustles. She haunts the blue room, which always used to be the nursery, and sobs at the foot of the children's beds. FYI, this lady in red shit out of me. Like I don't like her. She gives me the creeps. She gives me the creeps. Not like, you know, um, Mr. Captain Darby over there, who I feel like would be hilarious to watch. This this chick's just frightening. Wow. So seen mainly playing in the main hall and running up the stairwell are two young girls. They are believed to have lived at the castle during the 1600s. Emily died aged 11 after falling from the castle's southeastern battlements People outside the castle have reported seeing a girl falling off the castle roof and disappearing before hitting the ground. Um, what's really funny about this, not funny, but what's really cool about this is that ages ago um, on my Facebook feed, like this is eight, like probably more than two years ago, on my Facebook feed, there was just always this video that kept popping up on my Facebook feed and it was like, why is this the same video? Like I've seen it like a hundred times pop up. And I finally clicked on it one day and it was of Left Castle and the capture of the girl ghost spirit falling from um, the battlements down to the ground and then disappearing before it hits the ground and it's captured yeah. on video. Wow. Yeah. And so, but I didn't know, I didn't put the two and two together until I was investigating and doing research on Emily and I was just like, oh, my God, that just came straight to my head. I was like, I've seen this. I know what they're talking about. So huh. Charlotte is the other girl, and she has been seen with a deformed leg that drags backwards behind her. Mildred Darby has also seen a young girl at Lepp Castle, and her encounter is as follows. Another night I was sleeping with my little girl. I awoke and saw a girl with long, fair hair standing at the fireplace, one hand at her side, the other on the chimney piece. Thinking at first it was my little girl, I felt on the pillow to see if she were gone, but she was fast asleep. There was no fire or light of any kind in the room. Mildred's just a bit of a, she lovely stuff, doesn't she? She's just, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I wonder if, like, Jonathan thought she was nuts. She's a beacon for um, too. Yeah. So there's the governess and the old man. The governess, or nanny, is more frequently seen in the main hall and often seen with the two girls, Emily and Charlotte. It appears that visitors at Lepp seem to have more interaction than the current owners. Guests have reported being touched or having someone brush past them. A friend of Sean Ryan's was having lunch at Lepp Castle one day and both him and another female guest sitting near the fire saw a proud lady in Victorian attire walk diagonally across the main hall. After discussing what they both saw, the previously sceptical neighbour has changed his thoughts. An old man has been seen numerous times sitting peacefully, peacefully by the fire in the main hall. And as described by Mildred again, there is a little old man with a green cutaway coat, knee breeches and a bright shoe buckle holding a leather, a leather leathern bag in his hand, sometimes seen with a little old woman with skinny hands and long black mitts, old-fashioned dress and a big headdress. Both are sometimes seen with an old man dressed like a priest with an intensely cunning face. The green old man tries to stop people. Uh, so a woman has been seen and heard since the time of the Darby's residence. She is believed to have been murdered by an O'Carroll, and Mildred Darby describes her in the article submitted to the Occult Review. There is a woman with very few clothes and a red cloth over her f- face. She screams loudly twice and disappears. Oh my <laughs> good God. Like- nope. <laughs> Definitely nope. Definitely nope. Like this, this castle, this castle is like the castle of horrors. Like literally, it's just like a haunted house. Like it's busy. almost like a yeah. It's like everywhere you go, it'd be like a um, like a Halloween haunted house. Like um, it'd be yeah. fun, like a in a carnival or something. Yep. A woman. Uh, sorry. Mildred Darby describes a similar spirit in the book, True Irish Ghost Stories, which I so want to get my hands on. Yes. Uh, And it's by St John D. Seymour. One night I was sitting talking with my governess. I got up, said goodnight, and opened the door, which was on the top of the back staircase. As I did so, I heard someone, a woman, come slowly upstairs, walk past us to a window at the end of the landing, and then, with a shriek, fall heavily. As she passed, it was bitterly cold, and I drew back into the room but did not say anything, as it might frighten the little governess. (laughs) Um, And there is a reenactment of the two O'Carroll brothers fighting over a lover. She was chased along the gallery and then stabbed, and they all disappear and the entire keep is lighted up. So Sean Ryan, the present owner, has also heard this woman that, that they're referring to screaming as well. So... It's like a residual haunt, by the sounds of it. They, you sort of see the whole thing play out.
0: Wow. Um,
1: which I can't, like, I, like it makes my jaw drop to the floor to just think that, hey, I'm home, and then you just like walk into this battle skewing across the <laughs> across the hall.
0: Amazing. Must be so
1: hilarious. Anyway, I don't know. So, it would be hilarious, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it would be hilarious if someone made it into a movie. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, yes. Great
1: idea. Okay. So now I have saved the best for last. Mm. There is, and then this is what Lep is most famous for. And this is the spirit that um, most people who are interested in paranormal or history will go there for this because they've heard about this. The elemental known as it. 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 Right. The earliest encounter, origin, and exact nature of the elemental is still unknown, but there are many theories and stories of frightening and shocking meetings with it. Many believe that the Druids placed the elemental there to protect the sacred site for their magic work, remembering back to the ley lines. So Druids would uh, specific sites like sites of initiation it could be used for nothing else, so they would place things like elementals um, there to to protect the space, so that it couldn't be used for anything else. So, others believe that our friend Mildred summoned or woke an entire an entity some sometime during her seances and dabbling after the bodies were removed from the obelit. This is a favorable theory, as it was just after this that Mildred recorded her first encounter. With it. Are you ready? Oh, hang on. No, I'll share that later. The Ryans (laughs) have lived at LEP since 1991. They're yet to encounter it, and it is believed that the ghastly elemental will only appear to those who provoke it. There are a few personal accounts of an encounter with the elemental, so an accurate description is quite hard to formulate. It may even appear different depending on how gifted an individual is at seeing spirits. The best descriptions we have are those given by Mildred and an associate staying at LEP. This is the description as written in the Occult Review article, Kilman Castle, The House of Horror. Suddenly, two hands were laid on my shoulders. I turned round sharply and saw, as clearly as I see you now, a grey thing standing a couple of feet from me with its bent arms raised as if it were cursing me. I cannot describe in words how utterly awful the thing was. It's very undefinableness rendering the horrible shadow more gruesome. Human in shape, a little shorter than I, I could just make out the shape of big black holes like great eyes and sharp features, but the whole figurehead, face, hands, and all was grey, unclean, bluish grey, something of the colour and appearance of common cotton wool. But oh, so sinister, repulsive and devilish. My friends who are clever about occult things say it was what they call an elemental. The thing was about the size of a sheep, thin, gaunt and shadowing parts. Its face was human, or to be more accurate, inhuman, in its vileness, with large holes of blackness for eyes, loose, slobbery lips and a thick saliva dripping jaw. Slipping back suddenly into its neck. Nose it had none, only spreading cancerous cavities, the whole face being a uniform tint of grey. This too was the colour of the dark coarse hair covering its head, neck, and body. Its forearms were thickly coated with the same hair. So were its paws, large, loose, and hand shaped, and it sat on its hind legs. One hand or paw was raised, and a claw-like figure, finger was extended, ready to scratch the paint. Its lustless eyes were seemed half decomposed and looked incredibly foul, stared into mine, and the horrible smell which had before offended my nostrils, only a hundred times intensified, came up to my face, filling me with a deadly nausea. I noticed the lower half of the creature was indefinite and seemed semi-transparent at least, I could see the framework of the door that, that led into the gallery through its body. Holy fuckeroony. That is just like, can you imagine? What is that? Mm. Well, no one really knows. I think, um, you know, like it, whatever it is, it's definitely not of this realm. Um she didn't and, eat something funny and hallucinate that shit. <laughs> well, no, because there's many, uh, many an encounter with it, uh, which you're going to hear a little bit more of in a second. Um, I love that. It offended my nostrils. Yes. <laughs> deadly nausea. <laughs> deadly
0: nausea.
1: <laughs> dreadful. Sounds dreadful. <laughs> dreadful. Dreadful. Um, Poor Mildred. Ghastly. Ghastly. So the account below describes an encounter with the Elemental. This individual has the unfortunate experience to have been attacked during their investigation. Recorded on the 18th of June, 2002, I travelled to Lett Castle in order to make a show for a local TV network and this was my first time in the notorious castle I had heard so much about. So the show went well, but I wanted to try the UV on the camcorder while still shooting. So ultraviolet light, so um, they can pick up different, different things than a normal cam- a light camera can. I had sent something down the old access to the battlements earlier and never went down. I climbed the stairs with the camcorder in front. The light from the UV allowed me to see about six foot ahead and no more. So I climbed slowly. I opened the Gothic style door and made my way slowly down the narrow passage about 10 foot in I thought I saw something move and I lifted my head I could feel something was wrong but I had no idea what this time with the camera dropped I thought I saw a glow come from around the corner and then it went back in I stood and studied this for a while and thought it might be a side effect of the UV which can be common. A few steps more and my body was weakening fast. It was a strange sensation. Suddenly, this mass of white, like mist, raced around the corner like a bull. Even the rubbish on the floor scattered as it approached its speed. The passage was tight and I turned to my left to try and get out, but it was too late. I felt the pain as if something had just pierced under my right ribcage and went all the way through to the back. This startled me a little bit and when we proceeded to arrange shooting in the cellars, the audio refused to tape again in the cellars and I felt really odd. I was sweating heavily and was becoming very weak and drowned in dread. Right after the incident in the tunnel, it felt as if a hole in my chest had been punctured on a spiritual level and my life was seeping into the stones. In order to describe it and let the reader understand, they would have to have had the experience of a large blood loss sometime in their lives. As they, left the, as they let the blood drain, this weakness would become prominent. In other words, they were experiencing the onset of death. I was dying. Goodness. Yikes. Yikes. Something you wouldn't forget, let me mm. tell you. Like it, it, it that would be life-changing. Another first-person account of an encounter with the elemental ghost. Burnt out during the 1920s, Lepp look lived up with reputation narrow gothic windows ivy-covered towers bats and a barn owl it was <laughs> like a set from a vincent price movie we crept in through the gaping doorway our flashlights revealed a huge hole in the stone-floored front hall and we gingerly made our way around the edge heading for the spiral staircase no ghost would make us nervous we were the dublin ghostbusters <laughs> despite our confidence we found ourselves talking in whispers the slight sound behind me and I spun like a ballerina to see the cause. But as I spun around, I slipped and then dropped through the hole in the floor. The oh. flashlight hit a rock and went out. Just above me, just out of reach, I could see the jagged outline of the floor. I could hear friends coming to help me. And then in the darkness, I could hear a sniffing, snorkelly sort of noise. There was a smell too, a horrid, rotten smell. Now, I am not athletic. But that night, terror put rockets into my heels. I shot upwards, scrambling madly. I made the doorway and did not stop running until I was safely in the car. <laughs> it sounds like they thought that they were like some hardcore, like, yeah, no ghost is going to scare me. And the ghost was just like, you want to make a bet? Really? <laughs> Through the front you door. Right no off. doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Okay, another one, uh, Personal Encounter with the (laughs) Elemental on the 18th of June 2006. I looked into the darkness of a corridor that exited the spiral staircase. I became aware of the smell of sulphur. It it was as if boxes and boxes of matches had suddenly been lit at once. I looked at my friend who had taken me to visit Lepp Castle. He could also smell the sulphur. I stand into the darkness of the corridor and had the impression that a beast-like Bear or lion was staring back at me. The tension was rising like a ticking time bomb. My friend then closed the door and said to let sleeping dogs lie, meaning sometimes you just have to leave things alone. <laughs> he was a friend of Sean Ryan and I certainly did not want to disrespect either of them by stirring up the elemental. I feel like the elemental just senses anything that it doesn't want there and just makes it its mission to just get it out as as soon as possible and it doesn't really care how it does that I thought elementals were harmless I thought they were fairies and stuff <laughs> I was so wrong not no not always like if you think about um like a gnome is an elemental
0: mm-hmm.
1: and gnomes are mischievous as fuck like but evil? Um, elementals are uh, both evil if you think it's evil Not Like, it's got a job to do. (laughs) (laughs) Evil because it, um, it offended my nostrils. So the elemental has the potential to cause great harm to anyone receiving the brunt of an attack. One belief is that the elemental has the ability to alter the atmospheric pressure, generally lowering it. The polarity of the atmospheric ion fluctuates and triggers a condition known as serotonin hyperfunction syndrome. This can cause symptoms such as heart palpitations, nausea, vomiting, sweating, chills, tremor, dizziness and fatigue, which is pretty much all what everyone that goes through and experience with the elemental um, encounter will talk about. It also has been seen that skin and hair will have an electrical charge. This theory has been generated over the last 10 years and it is interesting to note similarities between these symptoms to those described by Mildred Darby in the early 1900s. I felt every hair on my head separate and move, for my flesh all over my body and scalp crept, and every hair on my head stood straight on end, the absolute weakness that came over me, the seeming cessation of the pulses of life, the grip in heart and brain, the deadly numbness which rendered my being capable of thought, word or action when I first saw that awful beast. When she first
0: saw that awful beast. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, Laura? Do you want to go to LEP? No, I want you to go to LEP.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and tell me all about it. <laughs> and try and get um, from my nostrils to your nostrils. Yeah.
0: Tell me more about that smell because I've heard it mentioned before about sulfur smells and bad smells being something of a uh, sort of negative mm-hmm. energy.
1: Yep so that's pretty much it you know like there's um there's real no um, no real scientific reason as to why it's associated with negativity um, but it is but right it's a very it's very it's a very real thing it ha- it's happened to me many 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 times in my life like so
0: you smell that smell oh, and it's a negative energy mm-hmm.
1: and right. so sometimes um like i remember once when i used to do my work from home in the spirit room there and Um, I remember you'd walk into the door and then you'd sit down as, as as the person that's having the session and then I would walk around my desk and sit down. So we would face each other but I would be against the wall and you would be in front of me. And I'd walk in that room and I couldn't really smell anything. It just always smelled like incense. Like my room always does smell like something like that. But literally moving past my desk and to sit to my seat, the smell, with the air, the smell would completely change, and it would turn to sulfur. And so that's when I stop conducting any readings and clean the room out, cleanse the room, give it a second, like a second, as in a couple of days to just settle, yeah. cleanse it again, cleanse everything that before it goes back into the room. Like I take it very seriously. Um, but I can have that smell appear to me. Um, it's quite a common occurrence, if I'm being honest. Um, Sometimes it's a it's a smell that I take as. Sometimes it can be really obvious why it's there, and other times okay. it can just be okay. I better not go down that like that alleyway, or right. like I better not. I better not do what I was just about to do. It's kind of a warning.
0: Okay, so you take heed. You don't just sort of in your mind go fuck off, you I'm evil on.
1: wenches, and carry on doing what you wanted to do. Not when it comes to sulphur smells. Nope, okay. that's just not. It's not worth mucking around. Sure. To could be, it can be negative, but it can also be as bad as demonic. And um, I think I've probably only ever encountered two that I would even put in the range of demonic. Um, That's too, too many. Yeah, but it's very real. And I think because I'm me, it was sort of like, okay, well, this is what I do. And it's very, um, like, it's just part of, Part of the whole situation it's the dark so it, and the light. Get a, yeah so I don't get afraid by it but it definitely tells me what I need to do really fucking fast it's just like yeah yep. I'm out of here see ya <laughs> Not respectful of that yeah mm. wow yeah and both of those times were in the same space but just on different days oh okay mm. and and it coming from a different
0: source as well how did you know that just you being you you knew it was from a different yeah. source yeah different. Wow.
1: Yeah, gross.
0: Well, that was um that was very interesting.
1: A lot of, of a lot of spirits, a lot of spirits. And there's a little like so the, the Ryans when they first moved in in 1992, they had a little girl and I don't know if they've had more kids now, but can you imagine growing up in that? No. No. I like, can't. It would be like um what's from spell what's her name? Christina Ricci. What was her name in Casper? Growing up in a haunted house. Yeah, it would be like that. I wouldn't watch that movie again. Me too. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I'd like to go to LEP. Um, I'd probably want to go with a massive tour, (laughs) not on my own. Definitely wouldn't be a place that I would investigate on my own. Far too, like, next level for me. And that lady in that red and then the other lady with the red thing over her face that screams twice and then just disappears. I'm like, no, no, no. But... Oubliette is my new favorite word and I'm going to use it. I'm going to find every opportunity to insert the word oubliette into my just, daily life.
0: The word itself is an interesting
1: word, but the that room is not a cool room. No, definitely not. Like that's um that's definitely a house of horrors and the murder hole room. It's, yeah. They refer to it, but then they've got the plans, the original plans of the castle when it was built and then the restoration plans and all the times that it's been restored through time and history. Um, They've never been able to find any of those plans that actually refer to a room called the murder room, the murder hole room. So they just assume that they're referring to the oubliette. I mean... Makes sense. You kind of just have to assume, really. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So that's Lep. That's
0: Lept Castle. Wow. I'm a bit afraid mm-hmm. to go to sleep tonight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just fix some things up your nostrils.
0: Yeah. And you'll be right. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Like. So I had fun doing that one. And yes, it's made me want to watch Game of Thrones. It's also made me want to go to Ireland even more than what I've ever wanted to go. Um, because you know, when you start to research and investigate castles, like castles come up left, right and centre and they're just such beautiful, historical, just rich energy buildings. Layers um, of history. So much story, so much. And the whole kind of clan thing just like it's so intriguing <laughs> in terms of how there's no family loyalty. and No.
0: Like,
1: you think of the word clan and it's like, you, your clan is your loyalty, but with inside the clan, there is no loyalty. It's really still developed. the power struggle,
0: and it was much more ruthless yeah. back in those days. It was same for you know royalty, the fight for the crown, and everything. Everybody would
1: just mm-hmm. kill <laughs> for the power, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and when I said, um, early on, where it was you know through marriage and a very long story before Jonathan and Mildred came about owning yeah. the castle, um what happens between the o'carrolls and um you know the the Derbys is just this sequence of um the castle came into the family of, or into the possession of you know william o'carroll william was killed by his son joseph o'carroll oh. joseph o'carroll was was killed, you know, by something or other, and then the the new owner is um, Bob O'Carroll, and it was just this kind of this family history and lineage of ancestors, but you know that they were slain by this and slain by that, and it was always someone from like that was that they were Their related own. to. There was just so much betrayal, wow, um, Bloodthirsty. and yeah, like you 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 would be sleeping with one eye open. Like yeah. all the time, and your sword ready to go. Wow. Crazy. And the thing is, too, that back then, um, the women were equals in battle. So, a lot of the time, oh, really? the, the, yeah. So, the clans, um, it's the same with the Vikings' at the time as well. So, when, when clans went to battle, the women battled just as the men did alongside them. Um, and so, through all of this, um in history, what you see is a lot of um reporting and historical records of the death of all of the men, but not of the women. Yet the women went to battle. So they don't really talk too much about the ownership of the castle coming to women because it was always into men's ownership. But battle was the only time that women were seen as equal. So it's interesting, um, and isn't also, it? Yeah, and also hunting and gathering as well. So um it's just it's just interesting that that um patriarchal yeah. element to it, even in such a primitive and brutal time, wow. it's still there somehow. Yeah. But I mean, like I'm not gonna go up against a freaking O'Carroll or a O'Bannon or an a derby. Like I'm just not going up against anyone.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> You can have your castle and your elemental. Mm-hmm. And, you can and your body chapel off.
1: and your oubliette. <laughs>
0: Definitely the oubliette.
1: My God. Yeah, it's pretty scary. So I will put photos up. There's lots of people who have done depictions of the elemental as well, so I'll put some photos up Ooh. of what um, how people have described it in, a, in an illustration because it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So I found the scariest castle in Ireland and if you live in Ireland and you're listening, please tell us if you've been or even if you've travelled yes. to Ireland and you've been, let me know because I want to know if it's actually as scary as it as it feels like it would be. You should go there. <laughs> should I? Yeah, maybe. maybe. One day. Maybe now that I've done this research and, and well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's fun to think about. Sarah's not coming. Who else is coming? I can't come (laughs) on myself.
0: Sure. You'll make friends. You're lovely.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right, scaredy cats. We will see you, hear you, get to your ear holes next week. Yep. See
0: you then. Bye.
1: Got a spooky story you'd like us to share or a haunted location you'd like us to cover? Send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at turnsout underscore it's haunted. We'd appreciate a follow, a
0: share, a rating, a review, whatever floats your boat.
1: sleep well my scaredy cats